Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Recorded live. Black Power, beautiful Hodier. This is Feet on the Ground Radio. Praise Nat Turner, Gloria Garvey, Long Live the Spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. This is Brother Cole setting the show off for tonight, Slaughterhouse Saturday. Tonight's topic we're going to be dealing with, uh, you know, um, the miseducation of the Negro and uh, white supremacy's starts and function in the education of America. So just give us a moment while we get set up right now. Again, welcome to Food on the Ground Radio, Black Power, B48.
Black Power. This is Brother Cause. I see you out there on the line. I'm just holding on, waiting for a couple of other other family to get on the line tonight. How you doing? All right. Well, yeah, we're about to get started in a moment. Tonight's topic, again, is we're going to be dealing with the miseducation of the Negro, uh, as well as white supremacy's origins and influence in the education of America. You know, um, it's one of the topics chosen by uh, co-host Sue and Mikara tonight. Sue's waiting waiting for him to get in, and then we'll get started.
Black Power Shooting. Oh, Black Power, Black Power. What's going on, Brother Paul? Ain't nothing silly. It sound like you out on the road. How you doing? Yeah, actually, I am. I wanted to call in and, you know, just see what's going on and, you know, set the tone and see what's popping for tonight, you know, the Slaughterhouse Saturday. But uh, how you doing, family? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. You know, it's a, it's a slow slow start to the morning. I mean, the morning. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, I'm doing all right, though, fam. Already, already. You know, I want to uh, send a shout-out to all my... Uh, FOG refugees, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times, you know, we campaigning out here, man. You know, a lot of times we got, you know, free such and such and free that individual. And they mostly be males, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to put out there, you know, free Sister Camille right now, you know what I'm saying? One of our prestige members, our co-host right now, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, want to shock the airways right quick in her spirit and in her warrior nature, you know what I'm talking about? So, Black Power. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, Black Power out there, the brother Don Dre out there. I see you out on the line. Black Power, brother. Yeah, yeah man. I think, tonight, I think tonight, man, you know what I'm saying, sometimes we got to go back to the basics, you know what I mean? And white supremacy begins in American classrooms every day, you know what I'm saying? Today's the weekend, tomorrow will be Monday. And Monday will be the first day of the week in which the whole system itself goes into rewind and replay. You see what I'm saying? And I think one of, you know, our elders put a lot of good works out that a lot of our family members ain't sucking up or really don't know nothing about. And I think Carter G. Wilson, when he wrote that book, The Miseducation of the Negro, you know, even then, in which the era, you know, Carter G. Wilson was born 1875, he died 1950. You know what I mean? And in the era in which he came in, you dig, he had to air the motherfucking, you know, the, the airways and air air out a lot of motherfucking bullshit that's floating around regarding what is education and what how is the, how education really is being educated into the system. And if you've been educated into a system that really ain't for you, you're going to end up serving the uh, educational system, you know, needs and not, and you're gonna wonder why you can't seem to benefit from. You, you see what I'm, I'm making, family? Yes, indeed. Well, you know, this is a roundtable discussion tonight regarding that whole topic. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't know my predicament in this social system of America until I, you know what I mean, went to school. Didn't know I was poor. Didn't know, you know what I mean? So, just want to put that out there, brother. Paul, how you feel about that? Now, I think I think that's a good um a good start off right there. Um, you know, first thing first thing I always go back to when I speak on um, you know, the education system is the initial high school graduation and realizing that I don't have anything I'm not properly equipped um for the world as it is as as was at that time. Um, you know, so uh, an immediate kind of like uh, I I'm I'm not even gonna say a panic, but I was automatically drawn towards uh, a lot of our people's work, specifically the miseducation of the Negro. As a matter of fact, um, you know that book, that book in my senior year of high school 
kind of set the tone for me to have to seek out alternative forms of information, um, you know, coming out that factory. You know? Now now you know if something is, is is going is going into the is being in a school system and, and going through it and, and um uh, accomplishing the task that they have set forth but uh seeing how many people don't make it um out of it I think is something that gets missed. You know, I think that um it's kind of structured to to want you to, to to fall out. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's structured for um, people to, for our people to even be successful in it, you get what I'm saying? Um, and so, even the I guess what, what what comes across as a success story or um, accomplishment or even talented, talented and gifted, and you know, those are all still within the context of how the European perceives that black child. Um, and so, I think sometimes we kind of um, we we celebrate a little too early. Because you really don't see the results of the miseducation until after the schooling is is has already been laid down. You know, so so that's that's my initial um thought on it. You know, I'm I'm uh what do you call me the the minister of education, so <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, Let the family shout out. Let the family know what I mean when I say that and what it is that you're doing in your community, you know what I'm saying, and why your facts are very relevant, Brother Carl. Well, yeah, the um, the angle I go from, you know, I, I just I just mentioned I got out of high school and realized I wasn't um, wasn't equipped educationally based, you know, on what the world, you know, might have expected. And so um, I, I got to a point where I refused to put my children through the process. And so uh, my son about to be 15 on April 19th. And I've been homeschooling him since he was 11, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm the Minister of, of Education because I'm, I'm taking that, that, that lead. You know, I think, I think for me personally, that's where I, I see myself um, making the biggest impact and promoting that because we're going we're gonna to need, we need more alternatives to what's already there. And I think uh, it's going to have to start with the education you can't. You really can't just. Um, you can't buy the knowledge um, and the time it takes to cultivate uh, a child's mind, and so that means you can't really. Um, you can't get rich and do it. You really have to be committed to understand what the purpose is. You know, so that's my angle for me. You know, my my son in my eyes, he's got to surpass my. He's got to surpass my expectations for myself based upon what what efforts I'm putting into him. It's it's supposed to be a matter of passing it down for the for the for his growth beyond that of which I'm already at might find myself at thirty three, you know. When he is thirty three based on the other education I give him now, he he is supposed to be prepared beyond that which I was going through the cracker system. And so I think I think we should we should we should want that for our children. You know, I think it's um it's kind of selfish at the end of the day. <laughs> I think it's kind of selfish to not take take more responsibility for um the mental development. Uh when you say the the course of a day, 24 hours a day, 
you know, spring break is about to be over, the children going back to school, but um, you're not participating in any of that. You know, you get the after-effects after and residuals, but they've already been programmed by the time they get home, you know, so... You know, I got <laughs> I go in on that. <laughs> they, they've already been programmed. By the time they get home, they already programmed. The chip is in. So you, you know, we have to be um, mindful and and continue to be vigilant as far as how we subsidize uh, their learning for those of us who who might not be able to homeschool or haven't looked at that as an option, but. Um, yeah, man, we, we, we have to change we have to change the direction of our people and it's only gonna happen that way. I totally agree. You mentioned uh passing things on to your son and whatnot. And I think that's really the essential principle and foundation of education. And if you're not teaching your children and other people are teaching your children what are they? What, what are they being passed on? You know, what I mean, what, what are the, what are some of the ideas? What are some of the the cultural moral principles that that they're being passed on? And I think when we analyze that, we'll we'll slowly see that if we're not doing the educating for our children, then people will educate them for us. And those people who educate those children for us, those children will end up serving the needs, values, and interests of those people. You know, what I mean, Amos Wilson was very thorough. Uh, when he laid down the script regarding um, the main role of power, education, and that of, of maintaining a, a nationhood of, as a people. And, and in order for a, a, a nation to have a next generation to fill that void, the next generation is obviously going to have to be educated in what it is to be part of that nation, what it means to, be, to defend that nation, and what it means to protect the legacy of that nation. So I agree totally with you, uh, Brother Collins. Something else I wanted to add add on um, was me and my son was discussing um, the other day. We were discussing uh, how the cracker, the cracker, and he kind of indoctrinates you in more than he indoctrinates you in so many ways, and how he politically indoctrinates you and preps you in school when he's dealing with school with student government. You know, in some instances, as early as middle school, you're dealing with the Democratic Republican side of uh, political thought, you know, and um, you start creating groups and subcultures and splitting up and um, all those different things that we find the society is functioning on when we get older, you know, they introduce us to that, to the political system in the early age as well. You know, you get to know what it's like to be popular if you're that child. You know what it's like to be not popular <laughs> in the same sense. So I think, um, you know, politi- politi- political awareness, uh, even even uh, advocacy is centered upon what he wants you to politically, how he wants you to politically function. You get what I'm saying? The only reason why you even are considering voting or your children might be considering voting at 18 is because they've already been uh exposed to it in some capacity in the, in the educational institution. You know what I'm saying? A lot of parents say, well, you know, I teach my children politics, but, shit, you know, I can remember standing up and saying a Pledge of Allegiance at one point in time. You get what I'm saying? So um, the degree, only it only increases in degrees because, again, like I said, once you get to middle school, high school, you're dealing with student government, you're dealing with fundraising, 
you're dealing with, um, uh, again, the, the groups and, and marketing of certain attitudes that eventually going to prevail in society once once those children become adults. Right. And and that 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 could be that takes place consciously and subconsciously. You know, you got young children who are standing up every morning, not knowing that they're partaking in the cultural ritual of their oppressor. And see, I think that's very important as well because we 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 get hit with a trifecta effect. You know, the the one the image of our oppressor. The image of our God, the image of our deity, all look like the same people. You see what I'm saying? The white man is your God, the white man is your oppressor, and he's your savior. That's crazy. And you're standing up taking the oath or, 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 or the Pledge of Allegiance, and you have no youngster. You're young. You're just following suit because you don't want to be left out. Or you, you know, that's the whole. Uh, uh, ideology of the classroom effect to punish you by numbers, you know, to be an outsider is to be scorned. So as children, you know, children don't want to be alone by them in, in, in that regard, so they stand up. Just stand up. Just just, just stand up and say it. I would, I'm going to add on and say it is, too, and it's, it's also about falling under authority and what does not being in line with the authority look like? You know, for some children at home, whether it's one or two parents, authority, you know, not following authority might be uh, strict discipline, right? And so um, in school you learn that you're there and those people are the authority and that um, going against that authority uh, means you will you will be kicked, you know what I'm saying, you <laughs> You know, the kids nowadays know know more about the risks or um, threats than we did when we weren't children. You know, when we was in school. So, so a child's looking at the failure as a main thing. You know what I'm saying? Condemnate. You know, con- con- to be condemned. All those all those different things are centered around. Um, you know what? What is the what's the what if if you don't fall in line with the authority? Oh yeah, that's why they said the younger the better. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny that that yeah the younger the better is one of the most it's it's so it's one of the most commonly used um, terms when you dealing with early childhood education especially. You know, the whole head start, you know, get to the kids early. They use nutrition and malnutrition and um, the birth rate as a, a, a justification, but it's really just trying to get to children's minds earlier than than they previously had justified. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. That way they become the base foundation for everything even the basics of you trying to brainstorm and, and, and what you imagine about what you, you know, they want to be the architects of your imagination, you know what I mean? And they want to get you at your youngest age when your imagination is very creative, it's very original, you see what I'm saying? And, and uh, that way 
you will always go back to your found. You know, when, when things, you know, when human beings, they always go back to their principal foundational teaching. And if your principal foundational teachings, you know, what I mean, is that of Eurocentric or Euro, Eurocentric homogeny and educational values, that's exactly what you're going to end up serving. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's a black power to everyone else on the line. I see uh got Texas and then a lot of names there. We got uh Brother Dondre, uh Cast thirty nine, and uh brother Morris D. Muhammad in the chat room. Black Power Peace family. Yeah, Black Power. Uh yeah, go ahead, brother Carson. Ask them if they have any insight, you know, on how they feel, you know. Yeah, definitely. Who, who's that out there in Texas? Is that Brother Tim or Sister Malkia? All right. Yeah, anybody have any insight on, on you know, what we've been discussing so far related to uh, miseducation and the – and you know, the, the white supremacy system in America. If not, I'm going to go on. <laughs> so um, I'm going to reference something else. Um, I think, you know, for me, education in, in, a, in, a, in a paradigm I'm dealing with, it's, it's, it's a whole learning experience. You know, it's kind of like, um, there's some trial, there's trial and error involved, but it is definitely um, a mastery aspect behind it as well. Like a master in doing this, it's not a, just a matter of practice, practicing. You know what I'm saying? I don't approach it as a practice. And um, I think with education, with the educational way I'm approaching it, it has to do more so with what you already would be doing. You know, I'm a father, so. I'm that first and foremost, and if if the education is centered around my instruction, then there's really no, there's really not any room for outside negative or destructive influences. You get what I'm saying? Because there's a level of security involved in that. You know, I think um, we don't look at we don't look at our children's minds as something that needs to be protected, and and so with that, you know, recently they had um, they had this they got this big thing about the children's schools and um, having transgender individuals use the bathrooms. You get what I'm saying? Now, for some people, it's because they're not directly involved in making the decision, um, and they've already many people have already copped out to uh, gender equality. Um, there's no discussion as to, you know, the mental state. <laughs> Of of adults or children who identify um, opposite of what they are born, you know how to how to actually born. So, I think that that's one of one of the examples as far as um, protecting a child's mind and not having them even be influenced by um, those types of factors. Now, I could independently have a conversation with my child regarding what's going on in the school system, and he can have insight on it without having to be um, directly affected by it. 
the same thing with the bullying. You know, a lot of people um, send their kids to school and then they complain about bullying or, you know, having to have your child to fight and things like that when, you know, the environment's not conducive to edu- to, to learning. So, um those types of those types of those types of events and things are really the only things that can happen. You know, there's not a lot of learning going on, and it's and for the most part, it's four hours of instruction every day. You know, many people send their children to school six, seven, eight hours in some cases. So four hours of that is, is instruction, and everything else is um, whatever it is. <laughs> Let me just check the check the brother in the chat room real quick. Let's see what and I want to say this, brother, cause to add on to um, the dialogue. Um, the uh, miseducation has become a skillful art in 2016. The ability to pass off lies and mythology as facts by giving you the illusion that because this individual sounds professional, claims to be professional, and has the discussion taking place in a professional environment that is authentic. You see what I'm saying? Politics is, is one rule, was one, is code enforcement. Culture, code enforcement. Culture and education are one, because you have to be taught. The culture, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And if the culture, if the culture of a society is bent on oppressing and holding back one, one, you know, one people or a certain type of people, African people, in this in this kind of conversation and one kind of thing, right? Then those individuals have to be educated into that system. I mean, they have to be educated into being the lower class. You know what I mean? It's a process that takes place. The dog test, you know, we 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 talked about this numerous occasions, but you know, going off what you were just saying, the you know, miseducation has become a skillful art in 2016, and a lot of individuals are promoting it, and they're running around claiming and pointing the finger, saying this pseudo shit, this is your pseudo, your pseudo. But if you were to really just listen to these individuals talk, and you know, listen to what they choose to talk about. You would think of things differently. This is Slaughterhouse Saturday. I have to put this out there because, you know, you have motherfuckers who will take whole shows, for example. And because they were a <laughs> caller on the show. And they got checked so quick that they didn't even add to the discussion, but more or less try to take from the discussion. And will post their name on it and will do something very clever. Leave out the number. They don't cite their work. Now, copyright infringement, all that shit, we're not getting into that. We're just saying, when you claim to be a scholar, you cite your work, right? This is not me. I'm getting this from such and such. I'm going to cite my work, right? It makes you look even better because you give credit to the reference. Because you're, you, get, you, you, know, you see the point I'm making? But when you're yeah. dealing with... Niggas who are clowns. Niggas who are middlemen in information. They don't care how it comes. What they do is they cut and paste 
and re try to uh, resell it to individuals who may be a little less arrogant. And they love to keep arrogant, I mean, ignorant people around because they make them look very smart. But you very rarely see them in the room with someone who's pretty hip to what the fuck's going on. See what I'm saying? And if you call yep. it to them niggas, though, and you sound like you know what you're talking about, they'll cut you the fuck off. And they're going to bring some dummy on to make them look smarter. But when you really listen to them pasting all that information, and they saying where it came from. You got a nigga, an old-ass ex-junkie, trying to tell you that evolution came from the Kepra, and this nigga's using Charles Darwin's philosophy and ain't even citing Charles Darwin. Using Charles Darwin's terms and everything and ain't even citing the nigga. Y'all notice that? Yeah. That's called plagiarism. Niggas ain't got no papers because they don't even know the formula of writing a paper or a thesis if you want to get scholarly. You see what I'm saying? Have no published work. Have not went anywhere. Have not taught anybody. Yeah, claim to be so scholarly. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ain't got a whole lot to say about our elders. Get your Johnny-come-lately ass up out of here, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? You are confusion and miseducation, but the worst thing to do is spew it on the others. You're fucking cancer, my nigga. You're like a cold. You feel me? What my nigga Razzcast say? Nigga, you the type of nigga give his mom's Ebola. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> I'm coming with the spirit of the monsters to come here tonight, so excuse me. Uh, who else, who else, who else rocking with me? Um, I'm rocking I'm, with you, Stuart, man. No apologies necessary, man. Black power to that. I was gonna, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you're right, you're right. Um, damn, just in relation to the miseducation of the Negro in 2016, our people are being miseducated like never before. Um, and it's, you know the story goes the se- the story is still the same. Uh, people are promoting information, or I think it's I think it's um it's a lot of what you said. It's a lot of plagiarism and a lack of uh, integrity and commitment. You know there has to be a genuine love for your people in order to to assist them. You know that's just a part of it. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to give a person some information and let them digest it for their own. It's another to take um, to take the foundational principles of, of, of someone's belief or, or knowledge and um, chop it up and then give it to someone as a whole who, who doesn't know any better. I think that's... Um, I think that's something that we, as a as a as a group, you know, as a show, uh, kind of shy away from. We don't we don't really deal with uh, information in that manner, and I think that that's something that, with regards to the topic for tonight and as a whole, um, pseudo ship is on the rise, and I'm saying that in the context of the miseducation of the Negro and individuals not fully being. Uh, invested in what's what the purpose of let's just say that book was written for but what's the purpose for us educating our own people in the first place? You get what I mean? Is it is it to is it to kind of uh captivate them or is it to set them free? You know, you uh, I mean <laughs> some people are being re <laughs> they're being re enslaved with knowledge. <laughs> you get what I mean? And it's only because of how partial 
um, is being given to them and and disingenuousness of the source as well. You know, that's, I think that's something that, um, in the spirit of Sister Camille, that's something she she definitely does not she she does not shy away from, and that's calling out the fact that, um, you know, there's a lot of back talking and back, I say backtracking. <laughs> you know, people people have people forget that they've been recorded, um, and this is all this is about our people as a whole, the community, whether you talking about people that are household names now or not, um, I think there's a lot of, I know for sure, I know for sure there's a lot of people with knowledge and information, but um, how invested are you? (laughs) You know, how much, there's a lot of talking. uh, The cliche is to say there's a lot of talking and not enough action, but I, I don't need, you know, a person who's taking action doesn't speak on their action in the same sense. So, I think there has to be a balance, and there's a there's definitely a um, an out of balance uh, energy going on because for the most part, a lot of people are only speaking to their people and to be paid. You know, there's no one doing it for free <laughs> at all. You know what I mean? Um, there's there's people who wouldn't turn there's people who are not turning away donations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm not I'm not saying that people don't need the knowledge, but I'm saying that um it shouldn't be for sale, man. You know, one of the things when you look at the elders and the work that they've done and bringing the information to our people is they did it for free. You know, um some might say, well, a lot of them passed and transitioned broke and that's the community's fault and that we should be, you know, I think those are two separate conversations because the people that are saying this are not the elders. They did not bring they did not bring the information that was the foundation for our liberation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I think that becomes self evident when you have to have these um these dialogues and have to continuously provide the right context for people who are speaking as if they know what it's about. And you know, context is the most one of the most important things when you're having a discussion about truth or facts. Let's say, uh, because if a person can't go back far enough, they're gonna they're gonna be dealing with things a little too new, a little too fresh, to really understand the purpose behind why they might be really doing something. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of ranting off right now, <laughs> but um, that's where my mind is at with that. You know what I'm saying? I think I think people are, I think we're um there's a lot of taking the Europeans approach to uh liberating ourselves, you know what I'm saying? It's like the idea that the Jew has the answer for um <laughs> for uh for saving black people. Now you I have you have people you have people that look like us but that think like Jews. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, and they, they're using the, they're using the money making formula, um, and I think again a lot there's there's a lot getting lost in the source, man. You know, um, the ongoing ongoing issues we're dealing with on a miseducation level still require people to be present 
on the street in many cases. You know what I'm saying? It still requires people to do things for free. You know what I mean? The work, work comes first. The money comes after, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put what you say, that re-edge, what you say, into slavery, what you say, brother, brother Paul? My what? Which part? <laughs> they re-educating themselves into slavery? Yeah, re-educating themselves into to be a, they're saved by new knowledge, you know what I'm saying? It's limited, and it's, and it's because it doesn't, have, it doesn't have the right context. Yeah, let me call you right back. I'm going to call you right back. All right, all right. Blackpot, anybody else on the line want to chop chop it up? Jump in on this. I had a question. question. With all the talk that they do with methodology, they constantly talk, oh, you got to use proper methodology, proper methodology. If they're using the Europeans' methodology, aren't they getting the same results that the European would get? Shouldn't they step outside the box to come up with a more thorough, roundabout conclusion? Brother, I personally think so. You know, I think it's I think it's the same approach one might take with homeschooling versus the public school system. You know what I mean? We already know we already know one side of it, but the other side is what we make what we make of it. But it doesn't appear to be um, anyone having a I, I even say the critical thinking <laughs> um, enough critical thinking to even give it a try. And there's a lot of different um, you know frameworks out there. But I think I think there's a there's a high level of fear behind that, or it's just not genuinely in some people. Um, to consider creating uh, we us creating it ourselves. You get what I'm saying? But they'll quickly say we need to create our own religion or our own faith, but we don't need to create our own educational system. We don't need to come up with our own methodologies to obtain our information, being that we are the creators of all this shit in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I think we, we need to. We we need we need to we need to approach creating systems that that work in our favor. You know what I'm saying? And that's and I think that, that starts that, I think that starts edu- with education. Um, but if we continue to validate other people's if we continue to validate other people's methodology. We're, we're going to miss what, what the gifts is that we have. You get what I'm saying? We're going to keep giving it away. Because because our greatest mind is still being absorbed into that system. It's no, you know, no one's, being, no one's separating from it consciously to build, to build something separate from it. Even in regards to, um, you know, there's brothers that want to open schools and things like that. Some are doing it organically, you know what I mean? We, they're pulling the people together, and we're using our minds, and they're, they're, they're being productive with it. And others are saying, well, they want to go the old way, you know what I'm saying? They want to raise that money, get some sponsors. They want to go that angle. And, um, you know, that's, I, we've already seen where that goes, though, you know what I mean? 
So I think it's, it's, it's a high it's a high level of, of, of confidence, man. I mean, it's a low level of confidence. Yeah. You think some people well, are, are genuine, or you think being disingenuous might be a part of it as well? I think a lot of people are disingenuous. They, I think initially their hearts may be in the right place, but once, once they start seeing they could make some bread from it, they change. A perfect example is 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 is, is Unk. We saw a perfect example of him how initially he had a whole different approach, but as money start being generated, everything changes. I truly think that if we don't begin the process of holding people accountable, then we will always be open to that failure where people will come in and use our issues as a way to make money and to capitalize off of. I mean, if we just stop and think about how many nonprofits are out there that's supposed to be working to better the quote-unquote poor or the urban or, you know, the disadvantaged black children. And these nonprofits have been out there since forever and a day, but our condition as a people has not gotten better. It has gotten worse because You're people right. use our issues to make money to fatten their pockets. And so when we have those among us that realize that's what's going on, then they go out there and they become the new ambulance chasers or they become the new quote-unquote black savior and will do nothing but what they have seen other people do to us. So until we decide that we're going to hold these people accountable and make them get the hell out of here or you're going to pay a price. See, the one thing about white folks, what they do is, when you cross them, they're going to make you pay a price. we too damn nice, and we let people cross us day in and day out, and they never, they never pay a price. And at some point in time, that crap has to stop, and we make them pay that price. And until we do that, the whole system is going to continue to do what it do, and we will continue to be dealing with it from an inferior position instead of dealing with it from a superior position. So what I think that we definitely have to be able to do is, one, decide that this is what we're going to do. We're going to hold them accountable. You know, I, I've had put out a, a thing, and people said that I was crazy, but the, the, the point of it makes real good sense. You know, you have black people that's running for office, white people running for office, and they always come to you and want your vote. And I said to them, okay, well, won't you make them sign a contract to say, if you sell us out, you give us the right to kill you. And then when they understand that you're serious, they're not going to sign it because they already know that they're going to sell you out. So when we get people that want to come and open up schools and do this and do that, make them sign a contract that if you, if you turn, if you deviate, you give us the right to take your life and then enforce it. Let them know you're not coming here to play with us. If this is what you say you're going to do, you better do it, because if you don't, we will kill you straight up. And I guarantee you the, the BS people will go away because they don't want to pay that price. And the people that's real, then we'll be able to do the work that we need to do because there's no more distraction. There's no more uh, uh, people vying for that same amount of group of people. Because the, 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 the liars and the traitors have already went away because they understand that we will kill you. 
and I, I rest my mic with that. Well, thank you for sharing that, bro. So, you, you know, the angle you're saying is there has to be some some accountability, some enforcement. And, you know, something something I wanted to comment on related to the nonprofits, which um, is extremely important, is, you know, when you look at the amount of nonprofits um, serving the black community, and you, if you want to look at the, the some of the biggest events that the average nonprofit has for um, those in the communities that they consider at risk, most of those events are cookouts and uh, small weekly, you know, summer camps depending upon the season um, and, and things like that. But um, outside of that, that's, that's pretty much it. And that transcends, you know, the religious institutions. That's just the standard nonprofit function um, is, is to provide general, uh, kind of like generic services, you know what I mean? Uh, good, not quite good enough um, services. Um, and it is really, really on a following through side. Now, something else I wanted to say parallel to the nonprofits was uh, we have a rise in um, black business ownership, and I'm saying that as far as individuals, uh, you know, many of our people seeking alternative ways of making money other than working for white folks. And so um, a, lot of, a lot of our people are going towards providing services to their own. Um, now, in the same sense, there's there's a big there's a big push for the economics um, as a as a way that we're going to bring ourselves up as a people. Do you think that um, do you think that that's a do you think that that's a viable way to kind of get the re, get get the change we're trying to see happen, or do you think it's 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 not it's not an option? Uh, and that, that's to the brother that just got off the line. I'm not sure who your name or not. Um, yes, sir. This is Brother Maurice Muhammad. I called in, uh, got off the computer and just called in on, on my phone. But, okay. um, yes, sir, the, the the two things. One, when I'm talking about the nonprofits, I'm looking at when you, everybody knows about Ferguson. And there were so many nonprofits that were created off of just that one event. And then you had so many nonprofits like Amnesty International, um, Color of Change, um, some other uh, white groups as well that were sending out emails talking about, hey, we need to raise money so we can help out in Ferguson, raise money because this is going wrong. We need to sell, tell our legislators this needs to stop. So these big groups are already making money off of our suffering and our pain. And that should mm-hmm. never happen. We, when we think about, you know, changing our economic status, which, you know, we definitely need to do. Now, for me, I'm not into um, going to the government and asking their permission for anything. That's just not how I look at it. Um, I think that if we're going to open business, then we need to open it our way. And as much as possible, keep the enemy out of our business. When you're dealing in, in his world with the 501c3 and this, that, and everything, he tells you what you can and what you can't do. So mm-hmm. he's, he's still keeping us chained down. So we have to break the chain and don't fall up under that. Just get up and do it. If we want a school, then we go out and create it. 
if we got to start by, you know, taking this home and say, okay, bring the children to this home, and we're going to teach in here, and then we're going to grow and grow, and do, then we need to do that. We have to do everything that we can do on our own, free of him and free of his assistance, because that's the only way we're going to be free. If we continue falling up under their laws and their rules, then they will dictate where we can go and where we can't go. They'll and begin to dictate. I want to thank you for that, brother. Something you said there extremely important, um, and that and that is the ability to tell a person what they can and cannot do. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's that's one of the most personal, the personal things uh, a person has is the the right to make a choice, right? That's right. And and I think that I think he's I think it's really structured in a way. And it's just, I'm going to speak of it in terms of the white supremacy. White supremacy, um, as far as the five, in relation to the 501c3, and even just getting yourself your own small, if you want to get them involved, they're going to get involved. Um, I think there's, a, there's almost like a fail-safe in there, like that provision, that ability to say, no, you can't. I think that's something specifically designed for us as a people. I don't think it's something that... that um, that many other people are affected by it the same way that we are, as far as having that, um, having that person over your shoulder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think exactly. it also. I think it also goes back to what you were saying earlier. What people still trying to do mm-hmm. things under their standards, because like the brother was saying, if you want to have a school, just get a home. Some kids want to go start doing it, you know, generically. But a lot of us feel that you got to have that building, you got to have that standard desk, and all that. They feel that it has to be according to their standards, their model, or it's not legitimate. It's not real. And until mm-hmm. we get out of that mindset, so that we get into the mindset that we could do it however the fuck we see fit because it's our shit, our way. Until we get that stuck in our head, we still going to have these issues. Yeah, you're right. There was there was something that um I'm not gonna say the the speaker's name, but he had came to the city I was staying in at the time and he's big on education and um you know, uh, a parent had actually asked about what he thinks about homeschooling. And it's like this even has to do with the topic as a whole when we're talking about um having a stage or the opportunity to say something that empowers your people in a new way. Not the same way, not the same old way, but a new way. And uh, the brother gave the home, the sister um, his answers to homeschooling for black children as an option, alternative to, let's say, charter schools or private schools or keeping them in the school system. His alternative was to pay for them to go to school regardless. He was saying that the building isn't good enough. I mean, well, you know, home isn't good enough of an institution. What about the tests? Don't you, your child's going to have to be tested by these people. You need to make sure, you know what I'm saying? I think um, there was a big letdown to hear the brother say that, but in the same sense, you see the split and understand what direction we have to go in, and it becomes a little bit more clearer, you know? Uh, one of the things I'm going to say about the homeschool I run here with my child is I don't spend a lot of money to educate them. I spend a lot of time to educate them. You get you get the difference, and I I I think that a lot of a lot of people like you were saying they don't really understand that it's not about 
the standards of the European anymore. Your standards should be high. Your standards could be higher than theirs without their involvement. You get what I'm saying? Which means they're just your standards. But <laughs> see, you said you said something else crucial there. The time. A lot of people don't want to spend the time. They use school as a, a damn daycare just to get rid of their kids a lot of times. No, nah, you're right. You're right. That's, that's, that's back to something I said earlier where, you know, um, statistics say it's about four hours of, of instruction. When we're talking about the major subjects being taught in, in the school at any given time. Four hours of instruction, but a child is generally there for longer than four hours. You know, so the rest of that is not um, not time. That's not cultivation time. Let, let's just say that, um, and it's it's just housing. You know, it definitely it definitely is housing. And you know that 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 is something really important. What you just pointed out about the how much time that the student is actually in their learning, and also about you know um, parents really not having the time or feeling like. They don't have the time. The thing is this, you know, we have so many things that's going on, and, and you have either two-parent homes or one-parent home, and one of the parents, whoever's there, is working, trying, you know, to keep the bills paid. So you got so much on you that you really don't even have the time to begin to look up, to use your creative mind to figure out how to get out of the hole or the bubble that we're in. And the system has a way of keeping that pressure on you so that you don't think in terms of creativity to move you from the present circumstances into a better circumstances. And I think really that our, um, you know, institutions that we have, whether it be the church or the mosque or, or wherever, or our little social organizations, Somebody has to be able, there has to be groups able to to link up and do that type of thinking and then come to the body and say, this is how we figured our way out. Now let's move and get it done. Um, because if we don't, as we have noticed, things don't get better. It just gets worse. You know, right. It gets even right. harder and harder. So we have to be able to be able to do the thinking and then to get our people to follow through on the plan that we come up with so that we can finally reach that place of freedom that we've been journeying for for so long. I agree with that. I agree with that. Peace and love to everyone. I, I heard that 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 is detrimental. That's crucial. I heard the brother say, um, about time, about their, uh, we, us not having the time, you know. And we, and we feel the belief that we don't have the time because we feel the belief there's no resources behind us. So we have to spend our time trying to generate these resources. And what do we do when we do that? And a lot of, a lot of times we, we feel the belief. I heard another brother said that we just house the kids. And that is exactly right. That's what the sisters are doing, uh, sisters and brothers alike. With, 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 oh, you have to go to school. They're going to need to be, you going to school regardless. But we're putting them in the belly of the beast because we won't use, as the brother has just stated, our creative minds to develop plans to say, well, hey, you know, let me become uh, an entrepreneur. You know, let me, let me start to be, uh, do my own sole proprietorship. 
Let me try to make my own money so that I can educate my own child. Because this system is telling my child that Christopher Columbus discovered America. That's you know, saying that. And then I heard the brother say that um, um, the the churches should come in and they should implement a plan to say, well, we need to do this. And then I would also say to that, yeah, that definitely should be the place that says, well, let's that set up a school for our own children. Let's educate them. But then what would they be educating our kids then coming from the church house? White supremacist ideology in a sense. But understand the overall idea of of, of housing and, and educating our own kids, they will get a sense of self in, in, in that regard if that were the case. So I just wanted to, to say that because this is, you know, this is a deep conversation. You guys are touching up on a whole lot of stuff and me, one who does homeschool, I understand that completely. And it took a long time for me to say to myself, you know, well, she has she have to go to school because we, we, we have to go to work. You know, uh, they have to go to school. And, you know, when I think back on when I did send her to public school, I think back on what was I really sending her to learn? You know, because everything that she brought back had nothing to do with her. So it was a, it was just a dis- disappointment all around to know that I wouldn't take it. Yes, brother, you were right. The brother that spoke on the standardized test, yeah, they're going to have to take these standardized tests at the end of the day. You know, so what do we do? You know, we challenge them. You know, we give them a point of, of what the society is definitely going to challenge them on. But what do we do? We enrich them and we nurture them and we give them the enrichment that they need so they can think of outside of the box. So they have this and they have that. You know, so they're well equipped to deal with anything. So, and I, I just, uh, I just say peace on that. I just wanted to, to step in and say a few words. I'm sorry. Sorry to cut y'all off. Thank you, We appreciate that. Thank you very much for that. Yes, sir. I won't hold y'all time, but I mean, I'm just saying, I, I won't hold y'all up. I was just, it, this was something that I thought, you know, I thought about it. I generated a lot of thoughts as y'all were saying that because most of the people who are close to, to me, you know, some people have come into the box, but others, they're still caught up into the system. You know, they have the children going to these schools. It took some time for me to t- to say I think my daughter was in second grade when I decided that was it. You know, she's a seventh grader now. But I, I couldn't do it anymore. You know, there was too many lies, you know. And so because I had this creative mind was that I could generate revenues for myself, it was nothing to say, well, hey, let me incorporate all of this. And let me pay for I heard the brother say he doesn't pay much to take to educate his children. He just spends time, and that is exactly what it's about. And that's what they need, our time. You know, because so much of it has been taken away because the system has completely put us in a box, you know. And they've taken our minds, so our time is spent on worrying, up, worrying about what they've put, put forth. We're worrying about how we can pass this test. Worrying about math, you know, they say about the math anxiety. Math and science should be the main subjects our children love. We should be able to explore those, you know, um, we should be able to open up the door for them in regards to math and science because the two correspond to one another. So, yeah, absolutely. Great, great bill, brother. 
Thank you, sis. You're welcome, brother. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm loving what I'm hearing from uh, all of you who have who've been participating so far uh, on this particular topic. Uh, so far, we've touched on uh, various different angles. I want to again again assert uh, my appreciation for the sister uh, who who is homeschooling. Um, and may I get your name too, please, sis? Uh, brother, this is Sister Kaba Nifty. I'm not oh, really okay. How you doing, brother? How you doing, brother? I haven't been in, a, in, a, in for a while, but I saw the topic. I saw the invite. I said, oh, yeah, let me. I like that, you know, topics grab me. That's just like with a book. But sometimes a topic, I tell my daughter that all the time, sometimes a topic can be a little, you know, you know, a little sway. You got to kind of like open it up and look at that table of contents and see what it is you're dealing with, you know? <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but the topic just grabbed me because it's it's real. And the brother, I heard the brother Maurice Muhammad. That brother is always on point, you know. And mm-hmm. that brother, that brother, he stands um, for black unity. That brother is for black unity. That's one thing mm-hmm. I know for just looking at him. And and he definitely posed great questions. You know, he gives great solutions. You know, so I, I appreciate that brother's response to the YouTube brother. I, I appreciate everything that I've heard so far because it tells me that there is still hope for black unity. You know, we have to be able to educate our own children. It is important that we do this. And the sister, one sister, you know, she gave me a She said one day, she said, well, sister Nancy, you know, I, I, I hear you talk about it all the time. And you tell me how great. It, of a time it is, and but what about me? You know, what about me, a, a single mother? You know, and I have to go out and I, I have to work and I have to send my daughter to school because I, I, I have to work to provide to pay our bills. I get so, you know, there's so much of that out there, you know, and so that is where I, I would say, in instances like the brother brought up of the church, you know, that's why those type of institutions should be able to come together and to utilize a situation for our sisters because they know what I'm doing. Most of the people who are going to church every single day are working, not the elders so much, you know, but the younger children, they're working, they're coming in, they're tithing. You know, these tithing things should be spent on those type of programs as opposed to paying the pastor's bills. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that that is what I believe they should do. So, you know, when a sister gives you that type of a situation, you know, it's very difficult to say, well, hey, you know, you can do this and you can do that because it's not your situation, you know. Um, like myself, just say, for instance, you know, I'm, I'm a, woman, a woman who's married who have, you know, that uh, uh, that support, that financial support. Uh, if I didn't have any, I would have something in the back burner. Well, sisters that don't have that, you know what I'm saying, the options are very limited. You know, so we don't have anything where that there's anything in the pot boring or there's anything where we can say, well, let's put these children in this situation so that we can begin to educate them on who they are. Everything is so scarce. And, and it hurts my heart that I can't give a solution to a sister um, who goes through that. But what I do, what I do say is begin to find things that you can do using your creative mind to generate your own revenue. And you have, because you have to start, everything has to start. So you have to start somewhere. You generate these revenues, you know, for yourself. You begin to build up things. And that builds esteem. That builds integrity. It builds 
uh, um, character, you know. So and then, and, and before you know it, and there's nothing you feel to believe you can't do because really and truly, we send our children to the school for someone who really doesn't even have a BA, a bachelor's degree in these particular general subjects. I mean, it's the curriculum that they're following. What's the difference between her having a book with the answers in it and me having a book with the answers in it? You know what I'm saying? Black power, yeah. You know, that's that's so powerful right there, what you just said. There There is no difference between you having the answers and, you know, what the teacher would have. Um, one of the things I make sure I, I make sure I um, announce a website um, for for just helping helping black families uh, individuals do some self educating whenever whether we got to homeschooling their children. But um, yeah. one of the thing, one of the things I wanted to say was um, a lot of times when it comes to schooling, I, I'm just sharing some some homeschool experiences. Um, I don't get the option to do opportunity to do that often, but I, I like to take the opportunity to do so. Um, one of the things I found is that um, the answers themselves are for us to create as well. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, the, you know, there's not a, when you think about having your own library. Many adults have have libraries. You know, as far as within our community, our people read. You know. Um, and then they, they have the, the children have books as well, but um one of the ways that I find um some of the most empower most empowering experiences is where I share my books with my children. So my children can read the books I read and uh, um it takes a lot it takes a lot of extra out um as far as their you know, the experiences that they might not have to go through that I had to in order to come into a certain understanding. So um, again, it's all if it's all about preservation. It's also about it's also about prep, preparing our children um, better than we might have been prepared yesterday, um, with regards to this, you know, the alternatives to white supremacy system. So again, sis, thanks, thanks again for that. Uh, is anybody else wanted to comment or or um, add on, or, you know, any other angles um, as far as dealing with the education of our people? Again, it's 2016. Um, there's a lot of information out there, but does it make it all uh, right for our for our people? You get what I'm saying? I, I think uh, one of the big things we we get out um, we we hear a lot about is you know the information is out there. All you got to do is go and look it up. Um, is is it really that simple? You know, do you still have to have a screening process, or should should we all just be um, digesting whatever's out there and being fed to us? You know, that's another aspect of this new um, uh, miseducation of the Negro. You know, they say, well, we didn't read back, we didn't read before, well, we got the Internet now, this information is flowing, you don't have to just read it, you can smell it, you can listen to it, you can uh, visually see the information. Um, is that is that something that is benefiting our people, you think? Or do you think that that kind of hinders um, a genuine interest in gaining gaining something beneficial. Anybody wanted to touch on that? And I'm, I'm speaking in regards to the, the Facebook uh, news streaming, the uh, the YouTube, the ability to just you know you can go to you know you, you can go to the New York Times online now. You know there's aspects of information that's readily available to our people, but um, are those things 
uh, a hindrance or are they actually helping? Well, I'll say something. Um, um, a lot of times, uh, you know, that could go both ways. You know, a lot of it is a big hindrance because what I found is, especially on social media, places like uh, um, uh, places like Facebook, that people take things on faith. They take it for what they see. There's no research that is ever conducted. If someone puts a study out there or, or something that's out there that even, it isn't even a study, just an article from the media, we know the media, they are the culprits of putting out false information. Because they already understand that once they put it out there, people are going to grab it and they're going to run with it. They're not even, you know, they're not going to even research anything about it. They're not going to ask the underlying questions to find out if there's any validity to this. They're going to immediately take it and tell, girl, did you see? Oh, did you know? You know? And they're, and they're presenting it as if it is a truth, and it's still true, to someone who themselves is going to do the same thing they did. Go on. and So it could be a hindrance in a way. But then it can also be a faucet for information, for awakening, you know, where you could come and you can see some information. And for those who are truly enlightened, they are going to say, well, let me, you know, let me look at this. Let me look at this a little deeper. And then you're going to take those steps to start to look for this information, which in, in turn helps them to validify their, you know, the position that's being presented. So it could go both ways, brother. That was just my take. Okay. Okay. Um, something I was going to say about that, I'm going to throw another angle in there is you can spread with with this in this in this society now, we're at the point where you can actually spread miseducation. It's so it's so much more contagious mm-hmm. um for the reason you just shared about the articles, for example. Um many articles have no references. Um many articles have links to bring you to the information that they might be speaking of, which might lead you to more information that's uh has no reference or is, is just another uh, article written by a journalist. And so um, I've seen some examples of that, and that's the reason why I'm sharing that, that we're, we're in a state where in 2016 you can spread miseducation faster than ever before. And until someone comes in contact with someone who actually is in the know, that information is, uh, is will run um as dom- you know, dominant, it, it it really does. It does tend to um, kind of overwhelm, even to the extent where I don't know if you've ever been in public and you've seen something maybe on social media or in the news that might not have been true or had some some uh, some facts to it, maybe in experience, but the information is so limited initially that no one really knows the truth about it. But you hear it publicly, someone speaking on it, you're like, what, you know. Damn, I mean, is everybody being told this lie, you know? <laughs> um, you know, we're dealing, we're, dealing with a very, um, we're dealing with a very trying time, and I think it's ex- extremely important that we, we continue to screen information um, just as much as we share in it, you know? <laughs> there's, a, there's a missing component in that, you know? you got to screen it. They screen films. They, uh, the editor screens what's written first, you know? Um, <laughs> And so as, a, as right. a people, I think we got to do the same. 
That is correct. That is correct. It's good that, you know, that what we see a lot of in uh, social media is a lot of people, they post memes, uh, these things they call memes where they, you know, put a picture up there with an expression, a facial expression or a gesture, and from there they, they incorporate these words, you know, and it's just something to make people think. You know, a lot of times it can be something to make you say, well, hey, let me, you know, the the thinkers are going to say, well, let me go look this up, you know, and pull out some some uh, some information on this and, and put out another angle to it and so people have give people something that they can really look at and say, well, hey, this is, there's a lot, this is solid, you know. It's, it's a, but then some information is just put out there and then you go in and you, you know, you go and look for any details to it and you can't find anything and it's just something. So, yeah, that, that kind of like, you know, causes a, there was a wedge in there, but I've seen a lot of people wake up just from uh, obtaining information through memes and made them think about something. You know, I've seen mm-hmm. that being, being a, you know, being something positive in, in one essence, but then in another essence, it, it's, you know, it has the pros and it has its cons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. And I, I definitely think the same. It definitely has its pros and its cons. You know, I think last week um, I've seen different posts about um, dealing with cloning, and I, I've seen posts that said Sandra Bland was cloned, and mm-hmm. and um, Trayvon Martin was a clone, Harriet Tubman was a clone, you know, any Marcus Garvey was a clone, Malcolm X was a clone, and unfortunately, you have our people, you have a segment of our people that's running with that narrative and beginning yeah. to repeat it. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's very, very, very sad. And then when you ask them, well, where is your research? What what information are, are you basing this from? And the answer is YouTube. And it's like, mm-hmm. are you serious? you, you got to come yeah. with something more than that. So, you know, I, I said, well, let me go into here and let me find what I can give you that's really something that you, if you want to talk about cloning, something that you should be understanding. So I digged into it a little bit more and found out that our from the FDA, you know, they have allowed cloning not only in the animals, um, but in the plants and in the vegetables. So when we go into grocery stores, you you see the labels. Some of them say organic fruit, and some don't, because the ones that don't say organic fruit, those are the ones that have been cloned. And mm-hmm. this stuff has been in our food supply since 2008. When you look at the medications that um, our people that use, when you look at those uh, uh, gel caps and and the capsules, you know, those are made from cloned um, 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 cows and pigs. But yet we don't know these things. And it's these things that's not being reported out there so much in the media that we really need to know and understand because this thing is killing us. And we're not being totally aware of what's going on. You know, when Mm -hmm. we think about the water situation that's going on in in different places here in America, when you go overseas to, like, India or Nigeria, they wash in their water, you know, the lake or whatever that's over there, they they wash in this water. Um, Mm -hmm. They drink out of this water. But yet they don't have the same issues that we have. Coming out of the water. So the question has to be, what is this government doing 
mm-hmm. and allowing these businesses doing to the water that's killing people. And, and if we don't wake up our people to the understanding of what's yes. going on, that, that they actually want to call a part of the population away because they're saying there's not enough resources. So who is mm-hmm. the people that's always going to be getting killed is us. And mm-hmm. it's time right. that we begin to educate our people to understand the time and what's going on because these people – these people don't just come after you, but they come after your children. They come after your unborn children. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is it? we got to wake up and get on the front line and say, nah, this ain't happening. Change the way that you live because it's yes. your ignorance that's killing mm-hmm. us in a massive way. And we've got to change that. And it comes from that education and research and then getting that message to our people. Who right. no, don't rush your mic because you are exactly right. They are manipulating. No, you're right. You're right. Definitely. <laughs> they manipulating the DNA of, mm-hmm. of natural substances. And they are creating these fake substances. And they are putting them right. in stores everywhere. I'm in the store. I ask a lady, you know, um, do you think it takes a seed to grow anything? And she said, Oh yeah. It takes a seed. Yeah, it takes a seed to grow everything. I, I grow all the time. And so I asked them, well, what, what would be the significance of buying a watermelon without seed? A seedless, mm. you know? And then she's like, well, I don't like, uh, I, I can't stand spitting those things out. But you just, you know, what you just said, and she said, oh, you're right, you're right. But my point is, you know, <laughs> why would we, you know, if they are genetically modifying, and manipulate the DNA of what's original to create something different. Don't you see something wrong with that? When I grew up, oranges had seeds. You know, mm-hmm. these oranges today don't have seeds. So we're not eating the natural substance. What are they doing? They're taking the natural substances and they're creating their medicines. They're keeping big pharma fed. See, because especially here in America, since they don't want to label anything, they're like one of the only countries that don't want to label anything. Because it helps the medical industry because the sicker they can keep you, the more money they can make in the medical industry. So that is correct. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow, you guys you guys are touching on some some extremist education in twenty sixteen right now. <laughs> oh, that's definitely appreciated. Something I was going to say was, uh, you know, the the computer is the new TV, you know, it kind of substitutes mm-hmm. what the TV used to do. Not that people don't watch it anymore, but um, it's more reliable than the TV now. Mm-hmm. You know, the computer screen has kind of substituted the uh, the uh, the education of the masses. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has grabbed our children. It has taken our children by storm. They have their faces all day long, you know. Mm-hmm. They can barely see anything. It has become their television. Anything they want to see, they can see on their phone. So that is the greatest, that is the easiest way for them to miseducate our children, you know what I'm saying, to make sure that the information that they are paying attention to isn't monitored by an adult. 
Because nine right. times out of ten, the adult is standing there with the phone doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. That's sad. No, that's, that's, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That that's right. right. So, so the TV, the TV used to be. It used to be shared conditioning, you know. Whoever's in the whoever's in the living room is watching the TV. We're all getting the same programming, you know. Um, then, then you get to the uh, then they have the TV that you have a, a screen and the screen, right? So one person could be watching something, another person watch something. But then with the computer and you know getting into the, the cell phones and the tablets, now you have a personal programming device. You know, it's it's, it's a Personal brainwashing device, so you don't even have to you don't even have to let someone share in the experience of your your brainwashing, um, and they're, and they're on their own trick too, right? That is deep. Yeah, and it, and it's all centered around again, you know, um, how how has miseducation changed? You know, white supremacy is 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 going to be. What it is, it is a, it's a constant, right? But how it goes about um, accomplishing this task is it's always changing. You know, it's ever changing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we've talked about throughout this conversation is how important it is for us to make changes um, that are not affiliated, <laughs> in many cases, with uh, that that side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. You know, a lot, well, you know, a lot of this thing is is where we've actually, as you talked about with the computers and this, that, and the other thing, you know, it's, it's kind of, we have been given an illusion of life in exchange for death, you know, because when you sit back and you think, yeah, I got my Wi-Fi and I got my big screen TV, and, you know, we're sitting around watching foolishness while everything around you is crumbling, but you thinking that you have what is called life, but in reality, that stuff mm-hmm. is giving you death and you don't know it because you're caught up in the illusion of what the enemy gives you with his trinkets. Wow. You know, it, it, it's, it's such a big game. And as you said, white supremacy, it don't change. It, keep, it stays the same, but the format. They change the format so that you don't get caught up in understanding what's really going on. So it has to be able to grab the masses of our people and keep eating them and eating them. That's why we, as the ones that's in the watchtower, we have to perfect not only our message, but we have to perfect the delivery of that message so that we can grab them from the illusion and give them the truth so that they may have life and truly have life abundantly because now they're being properly educated and using that education not just to chase a dollar, but using that education to create better life, not for just you, but for you, your family, and your people so that we may come up out of the conditions that white supremacy has kept us in and keep piling on us and piling on us and piling on us. So it is it's very critical that we smash that illusion by raising our message and perfecting our message so that our people can understand and come awaken to that message so that we'll be able to do that. Great. Thank you for that. 
You know, um, I was talking to my son the other day, and um, I was telling him, because, you know, I'm, I'm 33 years old. One of the things I was telling him was I remember where I honestly remember being young um, and watching how things changed in a manner that they didn't ever go back to the way they were. And uh, I'm saying that with regards to, um, you know, my high school class was the class of 2000, right? And so a year later, 9-11 occurred, and um, the whole world changed. So uh, I'm saying that with, I'm, I was speaking to him regarding, regarding the fact that, um, you know, when, it's time, when he turns 18 or he, gets, he becomes an adult, um, the world very well might not be the same it was that he saw, at, you know, related to how he's, how he's living it right now. And um, that it's extremely important that his preparation is based on not just how the world is now, but what direction it's going in. Now, many people approach, um, approach preparing their children or preparing themselves for the future only or specifically based on, in many cases, the economic. You know, you want to make sure that the, your finances are in order for the future. But very few um, of our people are focused more so on security, safety, and sustainability. Um, and so that's, that's one of the uh, core principles that I, I myself have been focusing on. But um, I, I think personally that is, is something we need to look at a lot more um, is uh, safety, security, and sustainability, um, meaning in the event that the world or the way that in which we live in is not the same as it will be, let's say, in five or ten years. And saying that, I'm not saying, I'm not speaking in context of how far technology is going to advance. I'm speaking in the context of, um, you know, we might find ourselves trying to separate from technology due to the uh, the requirements that come with using it. <laughs> you uh -huh. get what I'm saying? Uh -huh. <laughs> and, I said, and so that, that's another aspect of um, one, preparedness, two, again, we're dealing with the miseducation um, of our people in the modern time, and uh, what, are some things that, what are some things that, you know, we really need to uh, take another look at that might not have been, um, I, I won't say a serious, but something that we might not have acted on as much in the past as we might need to moving forward in the future. Like I said, technology, for example, might be something that we find ourselves trying to separate from versus advancing further with as a people. Not saying the society might not, but we as a people. <laughs> you know, um, one of the things I... Yeah. It, it is. Sis, I, I'm going to tell you how this. Today I brought me, uh, I brought me uh, 12 chickens today, 12 baby... Twelve baby bitties, and uh, the the purpose is one for eggs and two is for meat, right? <laughs> um, and it's just for the sole purpose of one. If I haven't done it, I need to run it and train myself in doing it uh, for the purpose that I I, met, I just I just brought up. You know, um, many times we deal with living in this white supremacist society as if it's going to be like this forever. You know, we don't really function, we don't function based upon it being over today or tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? We function based upon, 
we function in it based upon, oh, it's always going to be like this until somebody does something to change it, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and so there's aspects of our people's miseducation um, that center very well, like we started in the beginning of the show, start, it, it, it's very well centered on your ability to do something different, you know, uh-huh. not so much as um, what you might assume is going to be always there. Uh-huh. Right. You know, one, one thing that I think of when you talk about um, safety, security, and sustainability, and um, this system that we're currently in not always being there, we all recognize that we're living actually in the fall of America, especially with the fall of the dollar. Um, and at some point, the dollar will collapse. What comes after that? And so if we're not thinking in terms of how are we going to sustain not only our family life, but how are we going to sustain our community life? So it's very important that we begin to hook up and begin to know one another and be able to build because you will need, as our brother was talking about, you got two chickens, one for the meat and the other for the eggs. Yeah, you will yeah. be able to need things like that. So, you know, really we're going to have to be able to work together to build a sustainable way of life once things fall because we can automatically see that there will be a level of chaos. So in that level of chaos, anything can happen and everything will happen. But if you already are prepared, if you're already prepared for what is to come, then you'll already know when it gets there, you got how you're going to be sustained. It's like the government puts out during their FEMA stuff and they say, you know, well, um, you got to be able to live for at least three weeks because we're not coming to get you. Mm-hmm. They're already telling you for three weeks you better be able to make it. So how are you planning? How are you planning to properly sustain yourself and then to make sure that you are safe and secure? And I think this is a big message that our people are not getting and are not really focusing upon because if we watch every natural disaster or man-made disaster that has afflicted where we are, we're always the ones that's crying for help. We're always the one that's in reaction mode because we have not been proactive to already set up things that we need to get done. And we already that know that they have no problem of letting our bodies be dead and floating down the water. They have no problem in letting us die. Right. So we have to take these subjects and really begin to implement those things within our communities so that we may be able to survive. Because if we do not, then I fear that we won't survive very long because sustainability, safety, and security is three things that you have to have in order to live just on a daily basis. It's just that important. Mm -hmm. That is key because he's right because uh, we saw a lot of uh, where where I was born and raised at in New Orleans, Louisiana, when the, um, the disaster of Hurricane Katrina came through, I'm telling you, it was ridiculous. When the brother said that they don't care about having our bodies floating in water, come hell or high water. They were everywhere floating around, and they floated for days and days. 
and they didn't go and try to get them. You see? So they didn't care. And what happened? What did the people do? Chaos. They didn't know what to do. See? But, you know, they were not prepared. They're not prepared to know how to do anything. How to, you know, was there a way? Do I know how to grow, you know, do I know how to sow a seed, grow, grow some food? Do I know how to do anything? Nothing. There was nothing that many were prepared for. Many perished in that, in that particular storm. It was horrific, you know, the effects of what happened because so many people were unprepared. And so many people uh, did not feel the need to leave because, oh, storms come all the time. They didn't have any plans to go anywhere, no no liaisons where they could call and say, hey, you're 500 miles out of the way, I'm going to come with you at You know, they didn't have any of that, you know, because they weren't building. They weren't uh, 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 building bridges to try to say, well, you know, what's going to happen if this happens? They didn't have a plan in place. You have to have one, you know. Uh, when natural disasters come, now people are probably implementing all kinds of things because they don't want uh, what has happened before to happen again. But at that particular time, it didn't matter what walk of life you were in. It didn't matter if you were making six figures. It didn't matter if you were making $20,000, $5,000. You were all in the same boat at that particular time. And what did you do? You know, what were you doing? What kind of help? You couldn't use your debit cards? It didn't matter if you had $100,000. You couldn't use cards anywhere. You know, what was the plan? The plan. What could you, what, what can we do to get ourselves out of this situation? Everyone cried to the government. You see? Oh, we need help. We need people assistance. We need assistance. We need, we need help to get out of this, you know, robbing stores and looting. And, I mean, it was a whole lot of issues. There's a lot of variables to that particular instance that happened, you know, with the levies and, and all, that other, all that other stuff that went along with it. But people were very much unprepared. I mean, there were people that I knew personally that died in that particular storm, and it was just, you know, I mean, people still are trying to get their lives back because of that particular situation. I I left, uh, me and my family, we left uh, like four days prior to the storm um, because I saw it coming. I saw it for what it was, and I knew where we were, you know. So I had family uh, that were doing very well, that do does very well somewhere else, and we drove like five hours away. And we, you know, we were somewhere safe. We were somewhere where we were able to continue to build or use our resources to try to regain structure in our lives. Everybody wasn't able to do that, though. You know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I wanted to touch on what you're saying, that this is, um, you know, you you'd have to, to. There's a degree of it to where you know. Being miseducated allows for you to be uh, vulnerable. Uh-huh. Right, um, right. And so I, I had the experience um, this past October. I live in South Carolina, and they had the quote-unquote thousand-year storm, rainstorm. Uh-huh. Uh, so it rained for like seven or eight days straight. And um, when the storm was done, then the military came in and shut down everything. So, you know, we pretty much were, we, you know, stranded in the house for 10 days just without, um, without any access to any, you know, any roads or anything. But, um, you know, in a, in a certain environment, depending upon where you're at, um, it's an opportunity for the enemy to kind of 
Um, he, he really can. I'm gonna say this. All right. Um, I realized during those ten days that he could have slaughtered a whole community, and no one public, no one would have publicly known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I realized that um, that reality. Wow. Uh, and and it's, it's speaking volumes to the experience that you you mentioned related to Katrina. And I'm saying that because um, initially, you know, after the first the first two days, you know, people were like, hey, you know, it's a thousand-year storm. You know, Charleston's flooding. These places are flooding. Right. But but then when you're when you're home and you can't leave because you know the military's got all the roads blocked off, roads are fully flooded out. Um, once you hit day four, five, six, seven, and you realize that it's not even a news story anymore. And people don't know that the state is still in a state of emergency and no one can move. You know, that's when you realize that there's there's other things at play. Um, and that's the aspect of uh, miseducation that I myself am striving to work on, and that is being prepared and don't take for granted your enemy. Um, right. Right. You know that 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 is that is one of the the key components of why one should why we should prepare ourselves, um, and also why miseducation in 2016 is still uh, extremely uh, something is something that we're we're still dealing with, um, is because we're still vulnerable depending upon cer- certain circumstances um, under this system. So I, I wanted to make sure I put that out there. Yeah, that's key. Mm-hmm. You're right. And I wanted to say shout out to Connecticut. I don't know who's in Connecticut on the line tonight. Black Power. Black Power. Hey, brother boy, how you doing? I'm good. Good doing. Doing all right. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's something I think that we're going to have to work on as a people. Is just, it's really, you know, it's going to be forced. We're going to get, we're going to get more technologically savvy the more that we force into using nature. Mm-hmm. And we'll find, you know, we'll find ourselves picking up on, you know, the more because most of the things that we utilize that's unnatural got a, a natural counterpart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we got. You know, we want to learn how to tap into that. And it's just time, you know, it's time and progression. You know, some things that look like they're advancing is really far back, but you know, at the end, you're so close to the beginning. So this is looking like the end of a certain, you know, we're coming up on the end of a certain situation, but the beginning of another one. So it's all moving in time. So I'm telling black people, you know what I mean? Don't, don't be down, don't be uh, disheartened by the situation, but be satisfied with, with knowing that you're doing your part to put out to the, into the fire, to the atmosphere, that charge that, that's going to make the fire change. Because that's the first thing that's got to change, right? We got to change our minds, right? And it ain't got to be sure, you got to be up with smart, uh, most conscious, all that. All you got to do is throw and love black people. Love yourself first, second, third, you know what I mean? And we're going to be able to do the right thing for men. Mm-hmm. Black power in that, brother boy. Yes, black power. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm on the quiet man, so I know it's, it's got, we got a little bit of noise going on in the background with cars and stuff going around me. I just wanted to chime in. I was listening in there, so I just wanted to chime in real quick while you know while I could. Yeah, no doubt, brother. We definitely appreciate you chiming in. Yeah, I'll be listening. I'll try to jump back in. I will be going in and out. All right, and uh, so we have another caller out there, Northern Louisiana. Who's that out there on the line, feet on the ground? What, what part of Louisiana? Northern Louisiana. Uh, I believe you, Eastern Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Northern Louisiana as well. Again, tonight we've been touching on uh, the miseducation of the Negro uh, with regards to white supremacy and education in America. Um, again, we've touched on so many different aspects of, of this particular topic. Um, one of the things I've, I've found is that uh, the more we ended up talking, the more we found that um, it's not so much as that we're facing the same exact challenges um, the same way, but that white supremacy is, is white supremacy. It is constantly itself, but it is changing um, how it's going about uh, controlling our people or I'll say miseducating our people. Um, again, there's aspects of the technology where, um, you know, even as far as you were going to receive a phone call, your ass had to be home, you know. <laughs> there's aspects of that, um, not just necessarily for people you care about to reach you, but the system itself has different ways of reaching you, getting in contact or having access. All of these different things play into our psyche, um, mm-hmm. As far as how we conduct ourselves, what we sh- what we anticipate on a day to day basis, um, you know. So for me, uh, at this point in the conversation, um, I just wanted to touch on one more thing, and that is, I think it's again, 
extremely important. We continue to work work together on being creative about, um, you know, alternatives, first and foremost. You know, Brother Bourne just brought up something important. We got the technology. We're, we're going to definitely continue to be, um, you know, become acclimated to using it, uh, but we definitely want to make sure we use it as a tool of liberation, first and foremost, um, mm-hmm. instead of for the purpose that we're being given it, which is, for our own mental enslavement, so <laughs> you know that that's that's definitely the the parallel that we that we're always finding ourselves dealing with um, in this system. Uh, again, another aspect that we touched on today was uh, the education of our our children, um, and also just how how the what the alternative is, um, and how that's also changed. And there was a time where uh, young people were exposed to physical books. Now you have. Uh, you know, classrooms with just tablets. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's aspects of that. You know, are you gonna? Can you compete with a tablet? You know, um, <laughs> depending upon uh, how that child has been exposed to certain things, you might, you might not. You know, so um, there's a whole bunch of other things where we weren't facing a hundred years ago as far as um, you know managing what we what we allowed ourselves to digest. So right now, um, you know, I, I really, uh, I've been having a great show. I'm glad everyone's participated thus far. Is there anything else anyone, anybody felt um, we should touch on for tonight or um, that they wanted to get off off their chest related to this topic or anything else? You know, it's, a, it's been a great topic. It's I, I I appreciated everything that happened tonight. I mean, it was really something that was needed. It was the enrichment that I needed for the rest, for the remainder of my day. You know, so uh, nothing nothing in particular. Just um, I I would like to say that that last uh, statement you had made in regards to the classrooms are filled with tablets now. Yeah, that's you. You are correct. I I've met a couple of little children who couldn't even use a dictionary. Because they're so used to looking up the word on their book on their phone, just put the word in there and it's gonna define it and tell you what it means. So they don't know chronological order. You see, our children they're making sure that they're not even able to look at things from a critical standpoint. You see, they can't. They don't know how to look the word up in the dictionary because technology has made it that easy for them. Uh, they've taken numbers away from our children. They've made sure that they don't concentrate on numbers so much as they do uh, being able to lock it in. I mean, when I grew up, numbers were something that played around in my head all the time. I had to remember my grandmother's phone number. I had to remember my aunt's phone number, 944 I could tell it to you now. But now you'd be hard-pressed if you even know your own sister's phone number because all you have to do now is use technology lock her number in under her name. So right then and there, you take math away, you know. So, yeah, the miseducation is really on a grand scale right now. You're right. You're right. Peace and black power to everybody. Like my uh, right sister's just, she just, I mean, she really bring it home with that because that's that's true. I mean, we don't even remember phone numbers anymore. You know, everything is in in the cell phone. You know, and it, 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 it and even the way in which we communicate. 
You know, you mm-hmm. think about, you know, you're you're texting, so you're 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 creating mm-hmm. different you're creating words with less letters. But yeah. then the children are not knowing how to speak properly. They they they're speaking <laughs> like, "What are you saying?" You know, so it, it, it's like, "Wow." I mean, when she just said that, it was just, "Man, excellent job, Queen. Excellent job." Because that is so yeah. much truth. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Do anybody else wanted to, uh, you know, have any final remarks on tonight? Uh, there was a brother that was talking earlier. You still on the line? All right. Brother Boone, you wanted to say anything before we close out tonight? Uh, family, I wanted to say, Black uh, Power to the family, you know, you know, um, like I said, I caught I caught the show was off their face because I was traveling, you know what I mean? So, you know, with that being said, you know, I apologize to the family for catching y'all at this time right here and not really being able to get in on the whole show. But I definitely like to thank all the callers and all the listeners for um, you know, for tuning in to the show, family. That's all I like to say. We be bored yet. All right. Yeah, and on that hey. note. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Who's that out there? Who was that? What was that? I don't know if it's sister. I heard another sister out there. No, who was work 
you know, it's important that we communicate effectively um, if there's some help that's needed. But um, plagiarism is not an option, you know. I think it's important to respect the work that the people do, as well as those who come on as guests and those who, who listen to the show. All right. Yes, I just wanted to make make sure that was known. That's what's up right there. That's what's up, you know. You know what I mean? And we, and we don't hold no malice against nobody. It's just that, you know what I mean, just give credit with credit, too. And we don't have no problem with that, but, you know, when we, you know, when we talk to each other and we, and we in a community like this, we're in very few media outlets. We should have respect amongst each other as media outlets because we want to make sure that we put in our best foot forward as Africans. And that's what the main thing is. We just want to make sure that we're doing the best thing as Africans and, and, and holding that line of community sense within each other. First, before we start telling other people that they should be holding the line, that we're not going to hold our own stuff. <laughs> All right. And so on that note, praise Matt Turner, glory to Garvey, along with the spirit of Dr. Khaled Muhammad. This has been a feel on the ground radio, sort of out Saturday again. Thanks, everybody, for coming on the show. Black Power, Crack in the Trunk. Peace. Crack in the Trunk, house nigga, too. Peace, Black Power. Black Power.